The names have been released of the 16 victims of the bus crash in Carberry. A report has been released into the life of Aisha Hudson before she was shot and killed by police in Winnipeg. The RCMP has refused to enforce an injunction to clear an overpass of far-right protesters. Forest fires threaten the northeastern Ontario communities of Fort Albany and Kecheswan. And legislation is presented in the Philippines to deal with the rise of gruesome gender-based violence. Good morning. It's Friday, June 23rd. I'm Nora, and here are your headlines. We'll start again this morning with the victims of the bus crash in Carberry. Yesterday, the RCMP finally released the names of the victims. It took a full week before they did this, something that I think is unacceptable. And I wonder why journalists allowed them to hold back the names like this. But maybe we'll have more information someday. Until then, the victims were Claudia Zerba, who is 87, Patsy Zemikut, 88, Lillian Stobie, 73, Donna Chaudra, 79, Jean Rosencrantz, 82, Frank and Rose Prudzillo, 82 and 80, Shirley Novokowski, 78, Nettie Nakaneshny, 87, Diane Medwid, 70, Arlene Lindquist, 68, Helen Kufli, 88, Anne Hill, 81, Vanjie Gilchrist, 83, Margaret Fercalo, 82, and Louis Brecher, 81. Next, Manitoba's Child and Youth Advocate has released a report into the circumstances of Aisha Hudson's life up until she was shot and killed by Winnipeg police. Aisha was just 16 years old. She was driving a car that ran into a police cruiser and several other cars. She lived in Winnipeg in Barron's River First Nation for her childhood. She was the youngest of four children and the fifth child of eight in a blended family, reports the Canadian press. Her grandmother survived day school, and her father had been in foster and group homes himself. Both of her parents had been incarcerated, and she'd been moved from foster homes and emergency placements for most of her childhood. Sherry Gott's report, called Memengua Widugagewin, meaning Butterfly Project, was released yesterday. She made four recommendations in her report. Police need protocols with how to deal with youth in crisis. Youth need to be involved in creating a public safety training strategy. The need for a review of programs that are intended to help youth with complex needs. And there's a need to expand those services. In Gott's report, it said that her family said that Aisha, quote, was the one who held the family together, unquote. An internal investigation into police conduct did not recommend that the officer who shot and killed Aisha be charged, as he was worried that an officer would be hit by the vehicle. Next, RCMP in North Vancouver have been challenged to explain why they are not enforcing injunctions that are supposed to stop a regular protest at the Mountain Valley Highway overpass. The rally is a regular one that has been opposing COVID vaccines and more recently has protested what they call gender ideology. They literally have a banner that says gender ideology equals child sex grooming. To stop the protests, the transportation minister sought an injunction. That happened on May 11. Despite the injunction, the protests continued, reports CTV News' Shannon Patterson. 
One of the signs says, quote, there is no such thing as a trans child, only boys and girls, unquote. Other signs say something about COVID fraud, honk for truth, and F star star K Trudeau. Constable Mansour Sahak said that the RCMP's priority, quote, is not to go there and make mass arrests. That's not what we want to do. We want people to lawfully protest and also follow the injunction. If we enforce the injunction, we have to do so, ensuring that we do not infringe on charter rights to protest, unquote. I've never really heard police be so friendly towards the kind of protesting that I'm involved in, for example. It's very interesting that for a far-right protest, all of a sudden the right to protest becomes something that the RCMP is worried about. The Ministry of Transportation says that they're relying on the police to actually enforce the injunction, and they can't do anything other than file the injunction. The group has also changed overpasses. Mike Little, who's the mayor of North Vancouver, wants the injunction to be expanded to all overpasses to get them down. Now to northeastern Ontario, where a fast-moving forest fire has triggered the evacuation of Fort Albany. Chief Elizabeth Katakwapik announced a state of emergency in a Facebook video on Wednesday. There are 700 people in the community. About 300 people got onto planes that were bound for Moosini. Another 71 were picked up by folks who arrived by boat from Kicheswan, a community on the other side of the Albany River. Kicheswan's chief, Gaius Wesley, is encouraging folks to get into their boats and over to cash. The high school there has cots set up in the gym. But the gym isn't ideal. It's too hot and crowded. And so Catacuapit said that they're hoping to get evacuees to Valrita, Capiscasing, and other towns. Elders will go by air and others will take the train starting last night. Chief Wesley is also working on evacuation plans for children and elders, as already people have reported lung problems in Kicheswan. He wants the federal government to offer more planes so that Fort Albany's evacuation is not impacted. Both communities were only just evacuated because of flooding. Each spring, these communities flood and community members are sent to cities and towns in the south. Eric White from CBC is reporting that there are 23 wildfires that are active right now in northeastern Ontario. One has burned 11,000 hectares of bush near Lake Abitibi. And finally, to Manila, where three parties have filed a resolution to get the Human Rights Committee and the Women and Gender Equality Committee to address a spike of gender-based violence. The parties, Gabriela's Women Party, ACT Teachers Party, and the Kebetan Party are members of the Maccabayan Bloc. The violence has been gruesome. There have been many high-profile instances of gendered violence in the past months where the perpetrator was known to the victim. The resolution said, quote, the recent incidents in our country not only show the frequency of domestic-related cases in the Philippines, but also show the violence and brutality of the attacks aimed at these women, unquote. Those are your headlines for Friday, June 23rd. I'm Nora, and tomorrow it's La Fête Nationale. So, bonne fête nationale à toutes et à tous, et aussi bon Saint-Jean pour tous les francophones dans le reste du Canada. Profitez bien, and I will talk to you on Monday.